Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Daniel Caw, and this week I am joined by none other than Gordon Parks and Graham Young. Guys, how are you? Daniel, doing well. How are you? Good, thanks. How's you both having a good summer? Yeah, very well. Weather's been terrific, hasn't it? Don't think it is. See, when, when I leave my, my windows open in here, it's like Jurassic Park. See the things that get in? It's mad. But apart from that, it's, it's been all right. It's like having a staycation in Mallorca, isn't it? No. Um, I think the best place to start this week, guys, is obviously Celtic v Mitchelland for Tuesday night. Obviously, not perhaps the result Celtic would have wanted. Um, and I almost feel I feel a bit cruel, almost starting on Vasilis Barkas, but I feel like it's the only place to start. Yeah, I think when you're talking about an old firm goalkeeper, you either have to um, have the temperament within yourself to go and have a strength of mind to go and cope with what's asked of you to go and excel to make saves when you're asked to make saves all that often really when you're looking at it domestically in Europe the big moments again he's failed to uh, come up trumps for Celtic he's been found wanting time and time again and I think again if you're a Celtic or Rangers and you're the keeper and you're the fall fall guy you're the fall guy if, uh, if it goes wrong and you're always one mistake away from that. Barkis is far too many mistakes now, and sadly, it's uh, time to look for someone new. I'd go on with that, Daniel. I, I think that the issue as well is you often hear people say he's never made a save, and I always find myself going, I remember he made a save against Ross County, which probably sums him up even more. The fact that he can, <laughs> yeah, there's one particular save he made in a game, uh, I think it was Ross Stewart last season. Um, to be fair as well, I think part of his game, the ball at his feet, and he looks relatively comfortable at that, um, what he's asked to do. But at the same time, fundamentally, keepers are there to make saves. And that type of incident where there's this debate about, he didn't, he's he lapsed a judgment to kind of pull his hands away. That's, that paints a bigger picture of the crisis of confidence within himself and totally unsure of how to deal with big moments and big games. And that, that, that type of goal, Mitchell weren't going to score a goal the other night unless it was gifted to them and that's what happened and for Celtic in a tie when they're still trying to find their feet um, it's criminal to not they, they can't afford to give goals away like that You just said it there again I was, I was going to touch on it is that I don't even think it's like an ability thing we haven't seen if he's getting a bit but I think it's a, a crisis of confidence he just looks like he's at a nervous wreck any time the ball comes near him See the point you're making Daniel confidence is everything in football in sport and in life and if you're devoid of the confidence at the moment and he really needs something, there's a whole raft of things. He's clearly a decent keeper. You don't get capped 13 times for grace unless you can make saves. He's a reflex stopper. Maybe he's a confidence keeper. You also don't play in front of the crowd that he's that he's come from in Athens. 80 key fans are off their heads. So he's coped with that. Now, what is the problem? The problem is that he's settling in period in Glasgow during COVID being an issue. He hasn't really found his feet. He's clearly a goalkeeper with ability. You don't do your homework and go and recruit somebody for four and a half million unless they've got something. But he seems to have evaporated in a shell of a keeper. And if your confidence isn't there in any aspect of life, whether it's four and a half million, it matters not. It's his ability on the pitch that he's not he's not showing it. And there's a re- has to be a reason for that. I don't know what it is. But I think we're all in agreement that Celtic maybe have to go into the market. But, Graham, would you start him next week in the return leg? Uh, yes, probably. And that's maybe another issue. I think 
Listen, here we go after saying he only made the saves against Ross County. I thought he looked okay against Preston. It was a singular incident, as we've mentioned. Maybe Graham, Graham stop you there. He made two saves of note against Preston. I was there. Yes. He never used his hands to make either of them. They both were boxed with his feet. That's fair. I'm not good... trying to be cruel. Oh, I know. I know. I don't. When you, you definitely got it right. Uh, I think I would start him for the reason being that I think Scott Bain, this is maybe a bit cruel, but I thought he had a bad time of it in that run of games he had. I think that wee initial burst he had under Rodgers probably helped with that Morelos miraculous save when it hit the post back the 3-2 game at Ibrox. But I find Barkas, the benefit, I think he's actually not bad with the ball at his feet. That's working for Celtic. He started with the recent games. It might probably be worth it because the options I think we've seen with Hazard and Bain last season, there's not as if it's either of these keepers have they've had their opportunities as well. It might be a case of if Barkas makes a, he makes a mistake, that's the issue going forward. You find a new number one, but maybe it's given the guy who's cost five million, Greek international as parts he says, maybe it's one last chance to roll the dice in him rather than a Scott Bain who arguably wouldn't get in any of the other top six starting the 11s in the Premiership. Uh, Connor Hazard, who maybe is short-saving ability, but he's not uh, comfortable coming for crosses. So I would I would go for Barker. I know it seems after having a go at him, but it might be worth rolling the dice when they go to Bernie. Yeah. I don't fancy it being any goalkeeper playing in front of that. Back four, I wouldn't envy Barkas at all because he lacks presence. The problem with Bain is he lacks even more more presence I mean Barkas is a bigger unit it's uh, I don't know he's, he seems like a shell he doesn't dominate look at the goalkeepers that, that do well they're big personalities they're present they've got a presence goalkeepers by nature have got big colourful personalities but I've hardly heard from him since he arrived he needs to show more of himself be more charismatic as a, as a keeper he needs to dominate more you need to hear him you don't um, I don't know but, I don't know whether he's so vulnerable because he re- looks in front of him and he sees boys like Stephen Welsh and, and worse, and Anthony Ralston and Taylor, boys like... Every time the ball went in the ball against Preston and Michelin, for that matter, there's panic. Now, that doesn't bode well for a keeper that's still trying to find his feet. It's a perfect storm for everything that you're seeing at Celtic just now. Uh, you mentioned, perhaps, the, the back four. Another one that we have to touch on is, is near Beaton. Really stupid girl now. It cost his team, and although he didn't show it publicly... Ange Postacoglu must have been livid. I don't think um, anybody can... De- I mean, unprofessional for a start. With everything that's at stake itself, that you don't compound with self-inflicted wounds. And that was just crazy. And that was a guy who's, uh, whose focus at the moment was completely gone. It wasn't for the team. It was for himself. This is a manager that's got a reputation of not suffering fools. He won't tolerate it. Um, if he sees a problem and he sees people letting him down, he'll take action. There's no doubt about that. I've spoken to enough people that know him. He will be emphatically laying it on the line that people that let the collective down for them for themselves won't have a future. I think Barkas, the focus is on him, but Beaton let his team down. His, his crime's far greater because it was so avoidable. It was so petulant. It was so unprofessional. And the standards are getting set to Celtic under this manager. That won't be acceptable. The other thing, Graham, that I, I thought made it almost even more unacceptable was that I think maybe even the last game Beaton played at centre half was Ibrox, mm-hmm. and he, he made another stupid mistake and got sent off. You know, yeah. the one at, the one at Ibrox uh, is nothing compared to the one the other night. The Ibrox one was, I think, annoying for a Celtic point of view because it was a game they were playing pretty well in. But 
other night. You just and the thing that really would that I think up Postecoglou. I know he, he gave quite a diplomatic answer after the game, but the fact is he almost had a nibble, and then he still couldn't resist, and that's when the yeah. thing looked just so stupidly. And to be fair as well, like beat on starting these games, you know this has been happening for a long time. Champions League qualifiers where he's been in the back, like, playing in matches like this, and he's got a skill set, but he's not. He's not perfect for what it is. He gets by because he's experienced, he's played a lot of games, can read the game relatively well, but um, I think, in a way, him, this red card, he won't play, obviously, next week, and I don't think he'll probably ever play again at centre-half or Celtic. Just with, I think that's a key area for Postecoglou to address. I think he can still be a utility man, but I think with Starfield and another one more uh, will make a big difference. Um, yeah, Beaton's a centre-half of last resort. And as, as Graham says, he's, he's always this kind of uh, drafting in last gasp emergency cover at Champions League qualifiers. Celtic just don't learn their lesson. They're going with guys that have proven time and time again that they're not up to it. And this result, hopefully not, is waiting to arrive again again next week. And they'll only get themselves self to blame. And they're going to have to go with the same again. It's a massive problem. On a, on a brighter note for Celtic, I thought obviously Dean Murray when he came on, although obviously still a very young boy, I thought Dean Murray looked really good um, and I thought Abada, the new, the new winger, looked really good as well. When Abada came off the bench against Preston, I couldn't believe my eyes. I thought this guy is Brian McLaughlin, Mark too. <laughs> so, so slight, but I have to say his product, what he delivered, the impact that he made... When he came on against Preston, he looked lively, he's got pace, direct, he can penetrate behind, he always looks to get into the wee gaps behind, and I think we saw that again in the first half. Again, the crime that Beton commits is he deprives Celtic of that attacking threat. He looked great and uh, energises the, the team. He looks prepared to take responsibility. Um, I thought he was really, really encouraging, and I thought Murray as well, coming in at 18, a lot to ask. But he stepped up. Um, it doesn't again against Preston. He took a body in in the second half. If it was a normal game, he'd probably get booked or worse for it. But yep, encouraging. Good to see um, players taking responsibility, and both of them did. Both young young boys. But you need the bigger players to step up. Um, it, it highlights the fact that so many aren't. The fact that these kids are shining. A big fan of money. Think he's excellent. Yeah. I've told in the last year, obviously Lee Morrison was the kind of shining light in the Celtic Academy defensively. But the last I think maybe about like Tierney, that kind of seventeen, eighteen age, or Tierney's probably eighteen, nineteen step up. Just he's really come on leaps and bounds. You can see he's so confident as well. There was a wee bit on the bench just before he came on, he was gonna get instructions. I think it's Gavin Stratton. He looked completely calm. He just a couple of passes, what I liked is you could make the argument he gave the ball away a couple of things in the second half, but the penetrating pass, he was trying to force the pass in, it wasn't sideways. And then defensively, it looks really, really good. I think he's got every chance. But again, he's 18. Obviously, got to uh, be careful. But sometimes a player just stands out, don't they? They come on and it looks like a real potential. So we'll wait and see. Aye, definitely. Overall, to kind of sum up on the Michelin game, I thought, um, personally, I thought Celtic looked really good in spells. And you could see uh, the blueprint for what Postal is trying to implement. You can see the yeah, I think it was um, surprisingly good for Celtic. I think if you look, Michelin looked good in the first 20 minutes, but once Celtic settled, it definitely looked as if it was a strategy and a kind of um, a template from which the managers try to put across to his, to his players, that kind of press and 
and again, your first touch playing forward, which if you were to criticise Celtic over the last season, the first touch isn't always forward, it's to the side and back, so there certainly was a kind of proactive kind of um, strategy getting put into place. I think the building blocks that are there within the club and have been there are still there, and the guys like McGregor and Christie, whether he stays or goes, Eduard, you've got um, Abara coming in, you've got, you've got guys there that are certainly building blocks for something better, so if you recruit and do it now and do it quickly, then I can see something hopeful and I think Celtic fans are all looking for hopefuls just now. Yeah. I like as well. That's a, probably the experience and tactics in dressing room. Uh, one thing I really like, uh, and we can talk about the way Postico goes vision and all this, but the way he gets the wingers and the strikers, so when the fullbacks are forwards, the wingers are in the box, you've got three guys, simple stuff. Like, so when Chrissy hits that shot the other night, a bad is there. It's just sometimes, how often do you see in the modern game, England at Euro 2020, if you're cheering them on, you must have been screaming the house down because it was so passive at times. Harry Kane would be the only guy in the earth, Sterling, whoever it was, one in the box. Every time you put guys in the box, just take a chance. There's, there's guys in the right position. See that point you make? Look at the Italians. They've got guys in wing-back positions that can play, that can go and join in. It's key that you've got personnel in these positions. If you're playing that that system, you want the wing-backs then to effectively go and orchestrate and be your kind of architects in the final third. You can't do it with guys like Anthony Ralston and Greg Greg Taylor. Now, it's a fact. You just, if they just do not have the ability to go and play at that kind of level and join in the way that team like Celtic demand, and they have to address that. It's it's a fundamental, and I know that's quite harsh, but it's true. To sum up on the game, do you, do you think they'll get through? Do you think they'll get through the away leg? I don't. Do you? Probably not, if I'm honest. What do you think? Uh, maybe. <laughs> the issue is that the kind of confidence that will come with these kind of people might not be there yet. And as Patsy said, so you get guys that start felt Furuhashi, the winger, coming into Japan. That's the type of players that might need to take them over in a game like this. I think there'll be a decent crowd over there by all accounts. Maybe a bit of a, It's a type B stadium as well. Uh, so it'll be a different setup for Celtic. Do you know what I mean? I think Mitchelland will be more on it. That might have been the chance the other night, especially in that spell after the goal. Piton stays in the pitch. Celtic are in the ascendancy. Everything in the game is set up. Even when Mitchell go down to 10 men, the, the dynamics change. But Celtic already half set up to play with 10. So you've lost a badder. So it took them a wee 15 minutes after that to get going. Um, so a very quick answer. I think they might just do it. But who knows? It'll be very you know, way. Again, do you not think, though, if you set yourself up for the fall the way Celtic do season after season over yeah. the summer when they don't recruit properly? Yeah, I agree with you. I just think exposed, right? You've got a goalkeeper who's been through some kind of midlife crisis, and you've got a back four that just aren't of the quality required. And that's a recipe for disaster. I agree with that. I just think Mitchell, I don't remember a team of that kind of standard above the kind of easier wins. I thought they were awful the other night. I thought maybe that's a sign of Celtic as well. Maybe you need to factor that in, but. They were so one pace, weren't they? they were, and I know they're missing key men as well. Who knows? Um, it'd be very close. I think both teams have got loads of issues, but perhaps Celtic and guys like Edward and Christie, maybe they've got one last big performance in them. Uh, I'll take the positive note until they'll scrape through. I actually know. I know what you mean, Graham. I, I thought Mitchell were that poor at times. That I could, I, I could see Celtic maybe if they, you know, if they keep it tight next week. You never know, but we'll see. Um, right, we've touched on it a wee bit, but I feel that like we should maybe have a little closer look at some of the transfer news going around Celtic so you touched on Graham um, Carl Starfield 
is on his way, been announced by Celtic. He's been posting pictures to his Instagram of him watching the game the other night while eating his dinner. Um, so this, it's going to sound silly, but something stuck in my head was you a couple of weeks ago saying that you've been trawling through Y Scout and like watching clips of him, and you were saying that you can see right away he looks like a really good player. He's excellent. Like the best bit of the job is like I love it honestly. Getting to watch like, Y Scout, we also get to go in through the Insta as well, like different stuff. You get to see proper. It's obviously listen. People go, you just watching YouTube clips, but you get a wee bit more information. He's not the biggest centre half. Like he's not a towering set, but. He's decent there for his height, wins more than average tight headers. He's probably better there than higher. And then he's excellent with the ball at his feet. That's a big thing. So he, sometimes Celtic, you look at last summer, a Yeti, he's not really a Celtic player. Like he's the type of striker he is. Clamalla, you can make that argument, a counter-attack player. Now, Starfelt is a Celtic fit. That's He plays it, he's a ball-playing centre-half. Ruben Kazanov, most of the ball. He'll have that Celtic. He's be, that's his skill set. And it's the post-a-cogly way. So I think Celtic, from that point of view, as any player can maybe not do as well as you'd expect or otherwise, but he looks the type of player that should thrive at Celtic. Uh, decent in the opposition box, better than Ayer, as I said. And his passing's excellent, but we'll make the point with Dane Murray, try to thread these kind of passes into the midfield to McGregor and Turnbull. Starfelt will do that all day. He's, he's one touch, bang. That's his thing. He doesn't probably need to get caught up to speed with the way Celtic do it. So I, I would be very confident he'll be a good player. He looks, that's the type of player Celtic fans have been craving. Their team is time, like good age, good experience and fits the bill so there should be no reason yeah you don't start every game last season or was it 38 games or 37 games that you started at Ruben Kazan at that kind of level unless you can play but can you lead does he get personality can he come in and organise because he'll try to cry out for somebody with a bit of stature that can go and communicate and be vocal Um, that's an excellent point yeah just just quickly I mean um, yeah I know he's not Beckenbauer or anything does anyone know when Julian's due back Seems very quiet. I think at the time there was it was always a September, October right. time frame. Just because, uh, just this would be he's back in the gym. It's like Van Dyke's probably what is he maybe about two, two, three months behind Van Dyke. So Van uh-huh. Dyke's on the grass now. Then very similar injuries by all accounts. So, uh, but you know, I, th- I think the hope would be he'd maybe back. But you say these injuries um, used to be a, a, a career enders, so right. maybe not quite that, but still very. I think we'll still have to wait and see. And it might be a case by the end of Starfield and. Another might be the partnership, who knows, but they have to play a weekend game. But I think that Celtic would hope to have that kind of luxury option when it happens. The other one that's on his way, as we've mentioned, is Furuhashi. Um, he's, I, think he, I think he's isolating now in London, I think. Um, but there's something about Japanese players, and that sounds really weird. Like Nakamura, remember like, uh, the old Galazzo Channel 4 football member, Nakata, that played for, that played yeah. for Roma, didn't he? Like, there's yeah. something about like technical skillful Japanese players that I've always liked see, see what you're saying there 100% there is no way that he's getting a hero's departure from his old club unless he's got something mm-hmm. star quality you're right these these Japanese players have got magic in their, in their boots some, some of them and again it, it, Celtic's recruitment has been so bad that I take my hat off Ange if he's gone and get the, the best player in the Japanese J-League because he's certainly got the everything about him suggests that he'd be a player that Celtic fans will love and he will love playing for Celtic because the fans will appreciate if he's got this kind of X factor and it, well, listen by all accounts from people we speak to and his stats suggest that he's everything that Celtic need somebody to bring the place to life Excited about him? Yeah he looks a good player and again going 
it's a positive ugly fit. He knows the player, knows the league. And if you look at his clips again, he's playing he's, sometimes he's on the left, sometimes he's through the middle. I think you noticed that the other night with Celtic, pretty interchangeable in terms of front two. I think that's got to be the kind of calling card to the way Celtic play this season. So again, if, if you take Postacoglu and Starfelt, and we've already watched the badder. Uh, so if those two live up to what you hope, and it's not a bad start, and then for there, as Pat said, one or two, three more quality additions, and um, it could be a different story than maybe the one that's been the narrative that kind of came into the season. Because it's, the performance the other night adds to that as well. Again, we can talk about the plus and minuses of Mitchell, but there was Celtic an, an identity. They want to play out to the back, quick pass and movement. As uh, things are starting to come together slowly. I don't want to take up too much of your afternoon, guys. As much as I love talking to you, I could do it all day. But just to round up the transfers, if you could strengthen one or maybe in two other areas, we really need strength strengthened. I mean, to me, it's right back, maybe even left back as well. But is there anyone else in the team that you Again, it's another truth that needs to be told. You've got to rip out the back four. There's nothing in the back four. I don't even think Stephen Wells is the answer. To be honest, even though you get a four-year deal, there's not enough... Leadership, somebody taking responsibility, organising. There's no depth, there's no height. Go and win the ball and organise and go and clear your lines. Celtic don't have that kind of player. Ralston will not do it. There's no get a right back option. Have to find someone. Taylor, Bolingoli on the left hand side, not good enough. Celtic want to improve, not good enough. And they do not have a centre half worth the name. And again, they're talking about young players like Murray, Welsh, they will get better. If Celtic want to go really become the real the real deal, take the whole foundation out. Forget your back four at the moment and go and recruit. Staffelt coming in is something, but he needs players around them. And if Celtic and Ange will know that, and that's where they have to recruit. Yeah. We just to finish this week, obviously we've talked about incomings, but I think it's um it's good to maybe just touch on obviously Chris Fryer has left Celtic. He's gone to Brentford, as we know, for I think it's thirteen and a half million, but it could rise to even more. Um, I mean, on the face of it, it's a good bit of business. Same for six hundred k. Celtic get what five five years out of him, and he goes on to you know, a bigger league. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a fan as well. I think the argument is very some of the replies. Where he wasn't as good as he thought. Well, that's why he's going to Brentford. And he's a fair team. You've got to give guys. It's, it's a Boyata argument as well. So some of the Boyata was, wasn't a perfect defender. He had a couple of nightmares at Ibrox. But at times when he was on his game, he was very powerful, win headers, give Rogers' team a bit of authority, actually. Uh, and that's why he's not a £75 million player like Van Dyke. And Ayer probably falls into a different category. He's got loads of attacking qualities. He's full endeavour. I thought he was good last season. I thought he finished the season pretty well. I know they talk about the goal at Ibrox and Morello scored, but in a season when a lot of players were way off, I thought Ayer's commitment was always there. His guy gives his all. Um, I think the type of team Brentford I know it seems it's not the sexiest name in the world but they've got a real identity they, they know the type of players they want to sign um, and he'll fit that style it's a pretty pleasing brand of football might do quite you could see it right now as well you could easily see him a big stadium beat four players and score a great goal and so who's this guy you don't see many defenders doing stuff like that I think it fits Pet as a, a really decent outlay as well a fee for Celtic to receive with one year left in the deal they've been done a good job at that as well maybe it's a kind of measuring point as well for Edward and the fee they might get very similar circumstance and he's an attacking talent as well so uh, I think that strengthens Celtic position on that front as well but he's been an excellent player um, he's done a really good job at Celtic maybe just that level below true Celtic great but oh, he, he is below that level but at the same time he's a, he's a really decent um, time and that 
adds to Celtic another one in that bracket, a guy who bought young, inexperienced, finding these type of players and sold on at a profit. What a generous resume that is, very generous. Well is, it, is, it, is it overly kind or? K- kind? Uh, how many goals did he score for Celtic? Aye, not enough. So he's beaten four four players for Brentford and scoring a goal, and he's done a lot more than he did for, did for Celtic. Four, <laughs> four goals for Celtic. Four goals for Celtic. Um, I agree with you. I think he did enough. He was steady. He improved from the boy that was at Kilmarnock and Lowen. Great money for Celtic for a player that's probably. I think you'd be very kind. I think he's probably about five six million pounds. So I think Brentford are paying well over the odds for what they're getting, but. He has to be replaced because he did a good enough job for Celtic. Just very finally, guys, I thought it was very telling that he um, singled out John Kennedy for Bruce and his, his goodbye post on Instagram. Yeah, I think the Kennedy stuff as well. You need to remember the real gripe with Celtic. Celtic fans, even that first couple of weeks when Kennedy took over for Lennon, was a feeling like, give him a chance, and then when the results don't happen, he's a guy who's been there forever. Now, there's a lot of people, Kieran Tierney, Chris Iyer and countless others have highlighted this guy as a coach. Now, I don't know, I don't think he'd, he's getting endorsements off that, them saying that, so there's got to be, there might be, who knows, Ken, there might be things that Kennedy can improve as a coach, and there's a talk that he was always a defensive coach, and Celtic maybe set pieces weren't the best, but players like working with him, it maybe proved he wasn't the right fit for the top job, but the idea that he's without skill or merit uh, is proven, it's definitely not the case, he's obviously well-liked and well-respected at the club. Daniel? And the Celtic fans in their rage at the way that the collapse of last season, the collateral damage in the bodies, the body count isn't enough. Lennon going isn't enough. Mm-hmm. They've got to look for more uh, blame. And sadly, John Kennedy, who's without doubt a good coach, um, is part of that kind of collateral damage. And the stain of what happened last season will stick. And uh, Gavin Stratton's in the same, same boat. But it's good to see players that are leaving giving credit and compliments to the guys that have helped them along the road. And John Kennedy staying at Celtic, even though it's not what Celtic, some Celtic fans want, um, as a benefit because he's clearly got a lot to offer. Absolutely. Listen, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I enjoyed uh, spending the lunchtime with you. Uh, Gordon and Graham, thanks very much. Uh, Daniel, good to see you again. You too, absolutely. And uh, have a good day, guys. And we'll be back with another Record Celtic podcast next week. 